Welcome to Day 151 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here with Cindy Kemp and Matt Kresge and David Keefe. And uh, as we uh, continue in the drama of Scripture, we certainly left you hanging yesterday. We have all of the armies of Israel arrayed on one hill. We have all the armies of Philistia arrayed on another hill. And we have a champion from Gath uh, named Goliath. He was about nine feet tall. And... uh, the weight of his armor is so big that his armor bearer probably has the hardest job of anyone uh, in either nation you know at this particular point and of course he has defied the nation of israel and called them to send out a champion and no one in israel is willing to step forward there's the king that israel has chosen uh, one that is head and shoulders above the rest uh, but still uh, paled in comparison to the stature you know of, of goliath and the king himself is sitting back waiting for someone to respond. So we have a young shepherd who has come to uh, deliver ten cheeses and ten loaves of bread to his his brothers and is really caught up in the moment wondering why Israel, who serves such an incredible God, uh, is allowing the enemies of Israel to intimidate them. So we pick up where we left off yesterday in verse 32, but before we jump back into the drama, let's pause and offer ourselves uh, to the Lord. Matt, do you mind lifting us up yeah, in a prayer? Father, we do pause before you. I'm grateful for um, this time, grateful for the invitation to draw near to you. And, and Father, we ask as we um, read your word uh, that it would search us, that it would um, convict us of our own sin, um, comfort us in, in the promises of the gospel. And um, Father, remind us that, that we are yours. Uh, Father, we thank you. Um, for the technology that enables us to read together as your body. And and so, Father, we ask that you would edify your church through this time, um, that we would be your people in this place uh, for your glory, Father. Um, Would you you do that? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We left off yesterday in verse 31. We're in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel. Uh, What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. We pick up today in 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by the hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of these because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come out at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. 
David said to the Philistine, You come against me with your sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword nor by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword on his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their heroes dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the towns of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the way to Sha'arim, road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine. He said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as I live, surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. The king said, find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with David, still holding the Philistine's head. Who, whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Well, there we have the end of the drama, in case you were wondering what would happen. Uh, this small boy has defeated a, you know, the great warrior, great giant. And, and, of course, there's a huge contrast. Uh, you know, Paul would later you know, say to the Corinthians, we, do, we don't fight with the weapons of the world. On the contrary, we have weapons that have divine power. They demolish strongholds and bring out every pretension that sets itself up against uh, you know, the power of God. And, of course, that's what we, we have here, one who has pretentiously set himself up against the people of God, but more than anything else, he has defied God. And, and God has provided a, a, a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And this really amplifies what we've looked at in the last two chapters. This is not the kind of rescuer uh, that we would have dreamed of or the kind of rescuer we imagine, but in God's power, he rescues the nation and turns the table uh, on our enemies. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that stand out as you guys read this all-too-familiar story? Mm-hmm. I mean, David's been keeping the, the sheep again. Your servant's been keeping the father's sheep. We talked about that theme. But even in that theme, you know, where you begin to see, you know, you're really going to go fight Goliath? He's like, yeah, I've, I've faced, you know, for him, far more dangerous things in the wilderness than, than this, you know, this guy. But just seeing... Uh, Think of it, even just how many times in Scripture, you know, you'll get this mention of just being faithful with, with what the Lord has given you now. You know, and that's what we find so far in the person of David is just a, a young boy who is, is faithfully doing what he's been given to do in the, in the period um, that he's called to do it. And, and so here he is, you know, coming back and forth from the sheep. He sees this Philistine, um, you know, he sees Goliath. And, and for him, it's you know, this, 
the living God will will take care of me. You know, He's not just defying yeah. Israel. It's the living God. You have already had, you know, the, uh, the leader of God's people is Moses, who was a shepherd, you know, in the land of Midian, and now this, you know, young David, who is also a shepherd. And so this is going to be the overwhelming uh, image, you know, of 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 of, of leaders, you know, being shepherds, and of godly leaders being shepherds after the Lord's own heart. You know, through, you know, through this, and such a common, you know, thankless task. It's not nearly as romantic as you know uh, our culture, where we have the guys punching the doggies across the plain, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. Uh, a shepherd uh, was was a very gentle soul. Uh, was a soul that uh, suffered with great patience uh, through the uh, inabilities of his, his sheep and had to take great care in order to preserve them. Uh, there was nothing in a sheep that uh, offered a, a defense against any of their natural enemies whatsoever, and they were prone also, uh, you know, to losing direction and losing grip and losing footing. And, and so, a shepherd is one who's very gentle, very patient. And of course, there's no greater picture of who God has been for us and who we should be as we lead God's people. Mm-hmm. I can't help but know this. You know, we've we've talked about you know that they've been doing the standoff for. 40 days, maybe more, then David shows up, and we've kind of joked a little bit last yesterday, you know, about, well, he's just so young, he kind of has that maybe youthful arrogance or whatever, but we do see a lot of maturity, actually, in in verse 45, when David does go before um, Goliath, and and he says, you know, you come, speaking to Goliath, you come against me with sword and spear and the javelin, like, and most of us are like, that's pretty good, (laughs) like... He goes, but I come against you in a name. Especially when you recall the weight yeah. of the sword <laughs> the and the spear big. and the javelin yeah. you know, that this man is carrying. But he says, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, um, the God of the armies of Israel. And, and so we do see, it's not just that he's like, oh, I'm young, I'll never die. This is like maybe even you know what Jesus speaks of, this this childlike faith that he's called all of us to, to, to deeply trust in, mm-hmm. in the Lord Almighty because he's the God. And why would I be afraid? And and we see it here playing out in this war scenario, but you know, it also plays out in our own lives as well yeah. to, to have a deep trust in God. And, and, of course, David is remembering the covenant. You know, the Lord promised that if you walk with me and honor me, then a thousand will flee before you. Uh, you, know, um, you, you have that, you know, that sense that he realizes that we have been in worse predicaments than the one that we stand in right now. There have been worse odds against us than the one that you know, faces me right now. And the reason we have been able to be a people and have prevailed as a people is because our confidence has not been in our own strength or in our numbers, but our confidence has, has, has been in the Lord. Yeah, I was going to say, as I was listening to you read just that verse 47, that it's not by sword or by spirit that the Lord saves. It kind of had that, um, I don't know, it reminded me of not my power, not by might, but by my spirit, no, says the Lord. Right. So this Later really is Zechariah the, will say that, no. the theme of strength here, whether it's David, you know, in the strength of the Lord, or Goliath in his own strength. I mean, we even come, you know, yeah. to fellowship in Christ through his strength. And, and of course, you're, you're quoting from a, you know, the uh, prophet Zechariah, who was speaking to Israel when they had been all but wiped out, you know, by, by the Babylonians mm-hmm. and her coming back into the land to reestablish you know the, the, their name and to reestablish the temple and to reestablish the and they're looking overwhelming odds they have no no armies no numbers or anything and, and of course Zechariah reminds them you know the only way you can accomplish this is mm-hmm. by relying on my spirit 
And, and of course, that's what we've, we've been called to do as well, as, as God's people. Mm-hmm. You know, look around us and see the odds, and we don't, you know, take up uh, the weapons of the world, you know, as, as Paul talked about. We have, we have a whole different, you know, set of things that we rely on, and they have divine power. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned this yesterday, Paul, but uh, just kind of the contrast between where Goliath says, you know, this day I defied the armies of Israel. But when David hears that or sees what's happening, he sees it as a defying of the armies of the living God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just thinking about that identification where David David sees that to defy the people of God is to divide, you know, defy God himself and that God will act on behalf of his people. You know, as they walk with, so you're seeing this kind of identification piece where David sees it, yeah. and, and even in his crying out, like David was saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's not me that's just going into the ba- you know, into battle. It's the Lord who, you know, I'm going into battle in His yeah. name. He will fight. He will. He will be the one who comes out victorious. And just I think for us, mm-hmm. I mean, even as I think about this passage in light of um, the New Testament, it's just this identification where God has, mm-hmm. you know. We, we are identified as his people in Christ Jesus. And no doubt. He's chosen to identify with us. <laughs> no doubt. Mm-hmm. There, you know, is, um, you know, is, is, is well, you know, they, the cry of Samuel is we want to be like the other nations. And, of course, uh, they have, uh, from the reminder of Goliath, become like the other nations. They're, they're serving an earthly king, and not only serving an earthly king, but serving a, a failed king, you know, at, at, at this point. Uh, but... Uh, David is reminding him where their true identity is, and it's mm-hmm. not in being—it's not in being servants of Saul. It's not in being the nation of Israel. It's being a people who belong to God, mm-hmm. and and so they're bringing their identity. He, he sees Israel differently than Saul sees Israel, yeah. and then Goliath sees Israel. And of course, this is a vision you know that God would have us have that you know we are His people, mm-hmm. and it is His presence in the middle of us. This is the heart of our strength. Mm-hmm. Also, really enjoy just looking at not, all of not, the chapter. not even the heart of our strength, yeah. but even the totality yeah, of yeah. our strength. Oh. Sure. Even kind of just looking at, about that, David. at all the But I'll let you 17. go ahead and say whatever it is you'd like to say. <laughs> it's going to be if really you want to say it right actually. now. Okay. No, you know we see at the start we see a, a father sending a son, Jesse sending David, and and then the son, you know, wins the battle, and you can't help but look at the father sending his son Christ coming right and. You know, even when we've heard it since our kids, just we've heard this story since kids, we, we've probably heard John three sixteen. You know, for God so loved the world, He sends His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish. And so we see the sending of a Son leads to the people not perishing here in this story, but then also in, in the greater story of of Christ. And so, and there's a lot where we pull from David and Goliath towards Jesus. But I think that's one way to yeah. look at this as well. And you know, our tendency is you know whenever we teach this passage to uh, you know. Uh, that you need to, you know, you need to be a David, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know have that kind of boldness and that confidence, and you know, and that, and that kind of faith, and certainly that's there. But the picture we have is, uh, you know, of a people who are cowering in fear before uh, their enemies and who desperately need a rescuer, and uh, the rescuer that you know that God chooses is uh, is not, you know, not the kind of rescuer we normally look for. It's one who goes in the strength and the confidence of the Lord. And of course, we do get a picture of mm-hmm. uh, the ultimate rescuer that we have sent from the Father uh, to do uh, battle with an even greater enemy than the Philistines and, and to vindicate us and to win a great battle on our behalf in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, why don't you close this word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray.
And Father, thank you so much. Um, thank you so much for the beauty of your word and how it's not just this collection of random stories, but it's um, all these stories pointing to a greater and more beautiful story that, that finds its identity in Christ Jesus. And so thank you so much for your faithfulness to save your people and to rescue them. And we thank you so much for the rescue and the saving that you've given us through your son. And we pray this all in his great and wonderful name. Amen. Amen.